Hi everyone, I'm Stephanie Bowne and welcome to The Culture Catalyst, a podcast for leaders to embed the systems that create high-performance teams. I'm obsessed with the collective capacity for all humans to come together in small groups and make a difference. As a performance coach and author, I bring together a potent mix of positive psychology, neuroscience and organisation dynamics to help modern leaders create workplaces where people thrive. Hi, welcome back to The Culture Catalyst. And today we're gonna talk about how to amplify talent with coaching. Coaching is the third of three key leadership behaviors that really effective people leaders adopt to inspire people and help them achieve high performance. The first, of course, is setting really clear standards and benchmarks for success. The second, of course, is normalizing a feedback culture. And we've talked about those two habits in previous podcasts. So today we're talking about coaching as a mode that leaders adopt. Leaders who coach, they are talent activators. They ask people to bring their best game and they empower them to own their own results. We often use this word empowerment. And what do we mean when we're talking about empowerment? In a workplace context, what it means is that leaders, people managers, give their teams, their people, the opportunity to understand their own challenges, understand their own solutions, go and try to do things their own way and learn their way as they go about doing their work every day. So that opportunity to amplify, to ask people to perform and bring their best game gives them the modus, the motivation and the opportunity to try. And it's through trying and learning and being supported in that that they quickly move through cycles of growth and development, which enable them to achieve the standards and performance that we set. We're not empowering when we're telling people how to do what they do. So that's directing. It's actually almost even a little bit hostile because we don't think another way is possible because our way is the best way. So leaders who coach adopt a different mindset. They adopt a mindset that Actually, I believe in the potential of my people. I believe they have the capacity to surprise me, to step up, and I'm going to give them the opportunity to do that. I'm actively going to step back from telling people how to do their job, and I'm going to ask them how they will do their job. So the more we coach, the more we do that mode and adopt that mode as leaders, the faster people learn and grow and improve in their roles. Sometimes we choose not to coach. We actively choose not to coach. And those are the moments when the pressure's on, the pace is fast. And I use the example of think think about a three-hatted restaurant kitchen. So in the heat of service, the leaders, the chefs, the head chefs at the at the pass are being quite directive. Like they're very clear on what they're asking people to do and they need it now. But when the service mode moment is over and they're back to prep mode, those are the moments they use to step back and view how they performed and and ask how they went and how they can improve and what are the opportunities to make the flow of service better. So coaching is absolutely a mode we adopt, but if we don't step into that mode often enough at work, what we're doing is costing ourselves later in terms of the, the, the loss of learning that happens if we don't coach. So if you want to be a leader, if you want to elevate yourself to new standards uh, and levels yourself, if you want to grow into more senior roles or grow into jobs that require more complexity or capability, you actually need to build people up behind you to take on your job. 
So the more you coach, the more you enable people to do that, the more you empower yourself and free yourself from the day-to-day to step into the next stage. So we're going to listen to an excerpt from my book, Purpose, Passion and Performance, right now on what happens when we use coaching mode paired with strengths. And if we use a strengths-based lens to it, what we're actually doing is elevating people much faster than if we're working on their weaknesses, their gaps, the things they don't naturally do well. This reading is from Purpose, Passion and Performance by Stephanie Bowne. How systems for leadership, culture and strategy drive the three Ps of high-performing organisations. Coaching to amplify strengths. The real power of coaching is amplified when leaders coach to strengths. Coaching to people's strengths is about taking the path of least resistance to best results. Strengths are people's natural talents that have been finely honed over years of practice. Our strengths are the things we are naturally talented at and enjoy doing. By this definition, if you're good at something but don't enjoy doing it, then it's not a strength. We are all born with talents, natural predispositions that are linked to our genetic makeup. But a talent is just latent potential until it becomes a strength. Talent equals latent potential. Gallup says that talent plus investment, as in practice, coaching or development, equals a strength. Research shows that when we play to our strengths, we achieve far greater gains in performance than if we address our weaknesses. A comprehensive study of over 19,000 employees across 34 organisations, published by the Corporate Leadership Council in 2002, showed that the purposeful application of strengths enhanced performance by up to 36%. In contrast, emphasising weaknesses led to a 26.8% decline in performance. In addition to enhancing performance, the purposeful application of strengths is also proven to correlate with greater authenticity, happiness, self-efficacy, fulfilment and psychological vitality, and goal attainment. Leaders who know and understand this will work with people to match them to roles that will allow them to leverage their unique combination of strengths. In First Break All the Rules, Marcus Buckingham advises us to Focus on each person's strengths and manage his weaknesses. Don't try to fix the weakness. Instead, do everything you can to help each person cultivate his talents. This reading was from Purpose, Passion and Performance, awarded top three leadership books in Australia in 2001. Coaching activates and amplifies talent. I love Liz Wiseman's work on multipliers. You know, she talks about leaders who multiply the talent of people around them. And I think coaching is a mode that really enables you to do that. Businesses put a great deal of effort and time into hiring good people, finding talent, but this doesn't necessarily guarantee success with them. These great people that join businesses need to be enabled to bring their talents to work. So a system of goal setting, feedback and coaching really completes the circle. If leaders can adopt those habits, it enables that talent to be amplified. So there's three things I'll talk about when it comes to adopting coach mode as a leader. And the first is to really adopt the mindset of a coach. So I love Galway. Tim Galway was a tennis pro turned performance coach, and he came up with this fantastic equation. Big P equals little p minus I, where the big P stands for performance, the little P stands for potential, 
and the I stands for interference. So essentially what he's saying is that performance is the result of potential minus interference and that the mindset of a coach is that your job as a coach is to remove the interference so that people can achieve their potential. And I love that idea when I, when I approach coaching and I work with executives and leaders across any industry, I really walk into it thinking my job here is to help this individual find what's getting in their way and get it out of their way so that they can just let their talents and their strengths come to the role and to solve the problem that they're seeking to solve. A female executive that I worked with recently, she was coming to the end of her career. Uh, she has six months left before she's retiring. So she's actively working at handing over her role to others at the moment. She's actively stepping back from providing advice because she wants her successors to the role to own their own ideas, own their own failures, their own successes. And so for the first time in her career, her long career, she's made the decision not to give advice to actively just step into coach mode. And she said to me on the phone, she goes, I'm actually surprised by the capabilities in my team. I really underestimated them. So she's realized that now, and I guess she's, she's capitalizing on this opportunity now to activate their talent. But can you imagine if she'd realized this 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and all of us have this opportunity now, if we can just hold back a little bit from giving advice or providing the answers and step into coach mode, then we might be really surprised by the talent, happily surprised by the talent of the people we have around us. So the second thing I want to say about coaching is that in its most simplest form, it's about asking and not telling. So if you want to adopt a coach mode, it's really easy. You can go to coaching courses and coaching programs. They will all tell you the same thing. When you're in coach mode, you're asking really great questions. A fantastic question can completely change the mindset of the person you're working with. Now, there are all different types of question techniques and questioning. Obviously, there's open questions, there's closed questions, there's leading and probing questions. But essentially what you're doing when you're asking questions is you're giving people around you or the person you're working with permission to share their ideas. You're creating a listening environment. So you're using curiosity and exploring their thoughts. And what this does is validate their thoughts. It validates their ideas as worthwhile, as something worth listening to. That's the empowerment piece, right? That's the part where I say, I want to understand what you think about this thing because what you think really matters. You're the one going to try this thing. How would you approach it? So coaching is a mode that can be used in a one-on-one -on -one environment, but can also be used in a team environment or a group environment. So facilitation is essentially coaching in a group setting. It's the same thing. It's asking open questions. It's flip charting ideas. It's getting the ideas down on the whiteboard or down on the flip chart or the online mural board or whatever you're using in whatever format you're in to invite input, right? So get people to share their ideas. And when people come up with the idea themselves, of course, they're going to buy into the solution more, right? Your work is half done. There's no need to motivate because people have their own ideas and are more motivated to achieve that or try that because it came from them. So I coach people every day. It's a mode I'm very familiar with and I use it a lot, A, because I work across every industry. I don't have technical capability in the industries that I'm walking into, but I don't need it. What I need to do is activate that technical brilliance from the people I'm working with. So I see my role very much as an interference remover by using questions. 
If you'd like to participate in a free online learning event for CEOs, founders, or people and culture executives, go to my website, stephaniebound.com forward slash events for more information and to secure your spot. This year, we have a program of events on how to create alignment, transform culture, or inspire high performance. I look forward to seeing you there. And look, the last thing I want to say about coaching is that really when we're using coaching, if we can adopt a strengths-based mindset, what we're looking for when we're coaching is what people are really good at, all right, what they're naturally talented at, what they're strong in, what they can lean into to solve the problems that they have or try the new things they need to do, activating and working on those talents and those skills. Now, remarkably, we do this very little. Gallup research tells us that only one third of the world get the opportunity to do what they do best every day. So only one third of the world get to use their strengths at work every day. And can you imagine the impact on productivity if we could just flip that number around, if we could be a little bit more proactive about working on what people do well and help them doing more of that instead of working on what people don't do well, where their weaknesses and gaps are, and getting them to try and improve in something that they're not naturally talented at. Now, there's lots of different ways you can put strengths to work, but really it's about just initially taking an interest, start talking about people's strengths, start understanding what they like doing and what they're naturally good at. That's what a strength is. You can be naturally good at something, but if you don't like it, it's probably not a strength, all right? So it's about those two things coming together. So take an interest in strengths, recognize people's strengths, ask them what they enjoy doing and ask them to do more of those things. If you're solving a problem, ask people to call in on a strength. So for my, for me, one of my Gallup strengths is learner. So I often think about if I've got a problem, okay, what can I learn? How can I learn about this issue? And I'll go and do my research and I'll learn away. But other people have an analytical as a strength or connection as a strength. So they might go and choose to do some some deep dive research or they might choose to go and connect with others and listen to what they have to say. So ask people to call a strength in to solve a problem. Another way of using a strength is to allocate roles and responsibilities based on strengths. So if you've got a team of people and you've got a parcel of work to do, ask them to tell you, okay, who's who's really strong on dealing with this part of the problem? Who's really strong on dealing with that part of the problem and allocate that way rather than trying to stick just to role boundaries and job descriptions because of where somebody sits in an org chart. If we can divorce ourselves a little bit from role boundaries and really work more to strengths, we're going to very quickly work through issues and solve problems. And if somebody has a weakness or a gap and they still need to address it, a really great way to use strengths in that scenario is asking them to partner with someone who has that challenge as a strength. So I'm pretty poor when it comes to analysis of numbers. So I lean into my people who are really good at numbers. I lean into my accountant. I lean into my friends who are financial advisors, because I need them to help me understand how to interpret financial information. And that, that gives me uh, an opportunity to work with somebody else's strength. So if you want to be a talent activator and a talent amplifier and really use and leverage the capabilities of the people in your team, adopt coach mode, believe in the potential of people, ask more questions and seek out more strengths. A book I'm reading at the moment is a book by Tessa West called Jerks at Work. 
and I picked it up because of the title. I mean, how can you walk past a title like that? It's, it's clever, it's hilarious, and it rings true, right? Uh, Tessa, you've done a fantastic job of demystifying and breaking down the jerks that we often experience at work. One that comes to mind is the kiss up, kick downer. And you know, those people at work who present this really perfect, great uh, human being to their boss, but then to everybody else, they're totally toxic. So in her book, Tessa talks about ways of dealing with these types of people, as well as other jerks you might encounter at work. Thanks for listening to The Culture Catalyst. If you've enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe and feel free to leave a review. And if you want to connect, you can find me always on LinkedIn. If you'd like to send your thoughts or questions for me to explore on the next episode, then DM me directly on LinkedIn or email me at stephanie at stephaniebown.com. So what will be your catalyst for change today? I'm Stephanie Bown. See you next time on The Culture Catalyst.